0: And so I'm going to talk just a little bit about prayer tonight. And I believe that um, at the end we'll, we'll pray, okay? That's on my heart that we shouldn't just talk about it tonight, but we should do it, okay? So I'm going to endeavor to make sure I leave time at the end for us to do that. So as we are talking about prayer, you know, there's so many things you can say about prayer There's different types of prayers. Um, You know, we can talk about how important prayer is to God, how important it is to us. Um, I think one of the things that was impressed on me Sunday is to not be um, loose about prayer or not be lackadaisical about prayer, not take prayer for granted, not to do it, just you know, just kind of go through the motions things, but to be reminded that our prayers are necessary, that our prayers are what God uses to get things done in the earth. Yes, people have to do things. We know that uh, faith without works is dead, so certainly we have to put our hands and our feet to things, but we must first pray. Um, This church was built on God's word and prayer. That is our foundation. That foundation has been established. That foundation can't be um, broken. It can't be um, overcome. It, it stands. It stands firm. I mean, it's similar to, you know, in uh, the Gospels, how it talks about, Jesus talks about the parable about the man who built his house. One built his house on the sand, and one built his house on the rocks. Um, and then the storms came. It was the storm came. It was the same storm, but the foundation was different. So the one with the sand built on the sand did not last. It could not stand. But the one that was built on the rock, on a solid foundation, it stood the test. And so I've been here 30-something years, over, yeah, 30-something years. And have we had tests? Have we dealt with things? Absolutely. But we're still here. And we will continue to be here because God is faithful. And when you do things his way, it always, always, always works out. Um, You know, I I think sometimes people look at circumstances and look at uh, things that are happening around them and they might think, well, I don't know how this is going to last or I don't know how that's going to last, but God, but God. And when you build your life, your marriage, your home, um, even how you do your job, anything that you build based on God's principles will last. Amen. The storms may come. The winds may blow. People may come and go. All kinds of things may be happening around you. But I think of this, and I I have been still looking for it. I remember seeing this picture of this little bird sitting in a tree. And the wind was just blowing all around it. And you could see, you know, the trees just blowing and stuff. But that little bird was just sitting there, just still and quiet, no matter what was going on, and so when you pray, when we pray, when we realize that um, God's purposes and plans are conditioned on prayer, the greatest movements of God, whether it's in the Old Testament, whether it's you know it was in the 1900s, whether it's today, somebody or somebodies were praying. A move of God. Is always, there's always prayer. There's somebody praying. There's somebody crying out to God. When God rescued his people, the Jewish people, when he rescued them, it was because somebody cried out. Somebody was saying, God, help us. We need you. And so, even in this hour, this time, the time that we're living right now, we too, can cry out to God and say, God, we need you. We need you in America. We need you in our nation. We need you in the world. We need you in our families. We need you in our finances. We need you in our health. We need you in every aspect of our lives. We need God. And when our heart cries out to him, he answers. He hears and he answers. He loves us. So much. And his desire is that we have the very best. His desire is that we live a life that is full of peace, full of joy, a life where we are successful, a life where we have what we need. God is not this bad God. God is a good God. You know, we said, um, we kept saying Sunday night, who remembers what we kept saying? For the Lord is what? good and his mercy endures forever the Lord is good the devil is bad but God is good there is no bad in God none you can't find it just like you can't find any sickness in God you can't find poverty in God you can't find strife you can't find division you can't find any of that in God God is love And God is good. And he wants the best for his children. And he wants the best for humanity. And so he needs people like us to pray. Now, when I um, was considering where we could start, because like I said, there's so many uh, places that we could go. Um, One of the things that I just wanted to remind you of that this church, we when, you know, Pastor David um, and Pastor Vicki, they started it, what well, it's been, what, over 30, almost 38 years, yeah. So it's been almost 38 years. And, but before they ever stepped foot here in Las Vegas as far as starting a church, because Pastor had come and he had been ministering some, but they knew in their heart They had settled in their heart that this was where God wanted them to be. And God gave them a vision. We haven't seen all that God spoke to their hearts. And I'm sure that God hasn't spoken everything to their hearts. He has given them pieces of it. And they've been walking that out. But you know, when God has a plan, and it's a big plan, there are adversaries. There are those that will fight against that plan. And, you know, one of the things that we can do as the congregation, as a family, a word of life, is to pray for our pastors, to stand against those adversaries. You know, we've seen them deal with some physical things uh, recently. And, um, you know, it was really interesting. I... I heard somebody say and I know they didn't mean it because I I think they were just being real ignorant but they didn't mean it Um, I don't think they meant it I think they were just ignorant that they were saying well what did they do wrong and I thought when something happens to you is it because you did something wrong could it be maybe they're doing something right could it be that what God has called them to do is so big that the enemy is doing everything that He can to stop it. You know, when you think about it, you know my dad, he used to watch uh, cowboy movies well, still does, actually. And uh, so, you know, the cowboys and Indians. So who was it that they were always trying to take out first? Anybody know? The leader, right? The chief? If they, were trying to, if they were fighting against the Indians, they were trying to take out, they targeted the leader, the chief. Why? Because they knew if they could get the leader, the chief, then it would scatter. Everybody else would run. Well, Satan has been actually studying people for a long time. A long time. And he has some idea of things to do. Now, it doesn't mean that he's successful in everything that he tries, but he does have some idea of things to do. So one of his strategies is to endeavor to take out the leader. You know, think about the home. You know, I think about, and I do have some scriptures for you guys, (laughs) and I'm going to give them to you. But um, I think about the home. You know, I think about... um, for instance, I think about the the um, people who are of color and how the husbands, the men, were targeted. You know, and that they took them out of the home. They belittled them. They made them think that they couldn't take care of their family or they didn't allow them to take care of their family. Why? That was the head. That was the head. When you think about even in you know um, marriages today, what do they want? What does the enemy want to do? He wants to bring division between the husband and the wife. Those are the leaders in the homes. So it's it's about leaders. It's about those who carry the anointing, or carry the authority, or carry the vision, or carry whatever you know God is placed in their heart. And so we as Um, the body must unite together and see that we want to stand for them and we want to stand for each other because we're not leaving each other out either. We all have homes. We all have bodies. We all have financial things. We all have, we all have, we live life. We live in this body. We're in this world, even though we're not a part of it, but we're still in this world. So it's, it's a united thing. It's everybody coming together and seeing the significance of us praying and standing in the gap for one another and for our pastors. If we want to see the will of God done in this house and through this house, we must pray. We must pray individually and we must pray corporately. I will say it again. We must pray. It is not an option. If we want to see the will of God, we must pray. We must. We must commit ourselves to prayer. You know, I mean, think about how many times have, I'll just use myself as an example. How many times have I been sitting at home, you know, and sitting on the couch, basically doing nothing, maybe flipping channels, and the Holy Spirit says, why don't you pray about, you know, whatever it is. And I'm thinking, can I just have a break? Can I just relax for a minute? I mean, I'm being real. You know, I'm, can I just relax for a minute? You know, it's been a long day or whatever. And, and, uh, but really and truly, while I'm sitting there, instead of using my thumb to flip channels, I could be using my mouth to pray. I could still sit there. He didn't tell me I had to get up and do anything or have any particular posture or be in any certain room or do anything like that. He just says, you know, why don't you pray? And so if we really consider how much time we spend doing other things that, in all honesty, don't really make a difference if we think about it. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have leisure time. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't relax, that you shouldn't get a rest. I'm not saying any of that. But it's just like if you take your budget and you look at what you're spending your money on, and if you really look at it, you'll say, well, you know, if I cut this out, I can save this amount of money in a month. If I stop going to Starbucks and buying a cup of coffee, a five or six or seven dollar cup of coffee every day. You know, that's what, if it's $7 for five days a week, we're talking about what, $35 a week? And then you start adding that up, you get a little bit of change. So, right? So it's the same thing when it comes to, the, I, I, you know, in comparison, God's things are more important, but it's the principle that I'm talking about. What are we, what are we spending our time on? What difference is it making? Is it making a difference for the kingdom of God? Is it making a difference for that family over there that's struggling that you know about that they need prayer? That they're struggling in their marriage? Or they're having issues with their children? Or, you know, they're having financial woes? Or whatever it may be. Or maybe they're just down, they're just depressed. Or whatever it may be and you know about it. What if you took... Five minutes to pray. God hears your prayers. Praise the Lord. I'm really talking from my heart, but I I want you guys to 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 get this. Let me um let me just have you look at well, let me read this first. Um this is from this book right here, Ian Bounds on Prayer. He says this, he says, the prayers of God's saints are the capital stock in heaven by which Christ carries on his great work upon the earth. Great throes and mighty convulsions in the world come about as a result of these prayers. The earth is changed, revolutionized. Angels move on more powerful and more rapid wings. And God's policy is shaped when the prayers of his people are more numerous and more efficient. So God's policy is shaped when the prayers of his people are more numerous and more efficient. So we must pray. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. I told you I do have some scriptures. Actually, I have lots of scriptures, more than we'll ever get through today, but that's okay. We're going to get through what the Holy Ghost would have us to get through. Okay. So are you at 1st Peter 1st Peter chapter 3 and we're going to read verse 12. So 1st Peter Oh, is that what I wanted? Yes, I do want that. It says here, 1st Peter chapter 3. I was looking at 1st Peter chapter 2 and I was like, that's not right. Okay, it says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now, here in this passage, God says that his eyes are over the righteous. Are you the righteous? Have you? Are you born again? Then you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. You have right standing with God. So God's eyes are over you and his ears are open to your prayers. Your prayers. Now, of course, we have to pray according to his word. You know, you take his word and you pray according to his word. But his ears are open to you. When you talk to God, when you bring his word before him, when you remind him, put him in remembrance of his word, When you come and you reason together with him, when you say, Father, this is what you said, you promised to do this, he hears you. And not only does he hear you, he answers you. And um, the Amplified Bible says it this way. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God. And his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil to oppose them, to frustrate and defeat them. And then the New Living Translation says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Uh, John Wesley said, It seems that God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asked him. And that someone is us. Now, I want to um, go to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. A lot of you are uh, familiar with this, and I know some people, on a daily basis, they put on the armor of God. But you know, it's interesting sometimes when you read something, um, you know, a passage of scripture, have you ever read something, then you, you read the part that you liked or the part that you knew uh, or wanted to read, but you didn't keep reading? Anybody ever done that? And then maybe later on you read it's like, oh, I didn't know that was there. I've never seen that before. Everybody ever done that? And God's like, it's always been there. <laughs> you just needed to read it. So let's look at um, starting verse 10. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be, be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So here we see, actually, um, in the, the, the beginning of this chapter, uh, Paul is, you know, he's talking to the children, he's talking to the fathers and the mothers, he's talking to um, the servants, he's talking to those that are in authority. So he's talking to all of these people and then he gets to, and he says, now, finally, he tells, you know, he gives all these instructions to these people. And then he says, finally, be strong in the Lord. He wants us to be strong in the Lord. And then he goes through the whole armor of God, because these are our, our weapon. These are our, our, our armor to protect us. And he, and he talks about how important that when we have that armor on, we're able to withstand um, against the, the wiles of the devil, against the schemes, against the plots and the plans, against, you know, the fiery darts, the things that he would try and bring against us. But in verse 18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication. So he tells us first, put on the armor. And then he says, pray. Praying always with, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit Watching. So he's telling us what to do. And he's telling us that we need to pray for all saints. Pray for one another. And then he says, Pray for me. So, right here in this scripture or this passage, Paul is telling us that we need to pray for one another. But then he's also telling us we need to pray for those that are ministers of the gospel. You know, those that are in the fivefold ministry, the ministerial staff of. Uh, the pastors of this church, the ministerial staff of this church, the staff of this church. Um, God wants us to, to pray for those people, but he didn't leave anybody out because he says to pray for all saints. So Paul is saying, pray for everybody, pray for your brothers and sisters, and then also pray for those who are delivering the gospel, who are supporting um, the deliverance of the gospel. Pray for them as well. And I was thinking to myself, I said, like, you know, Lord, I, I, of course I read this passage, and, um, but I thought, wow, he got all the way down to the end and he's like, pray. Put on this armor, but what is the, what, why do you need this armor? To stand against the devil, right? But to pray. So when you go into prayer, you've got the sword of the Spirit. You've you got your helmet of salvation. Your feet are shot with the preparation of gospel peace. I know I'm not putting them in the right order. But you have all these pieces of armor to protect yourself. So you are doing battle in the Spirit. But we are not fighting against flesh and blood. He made that very apparent, very clear. And in our day and age, we need to understand that. We are not fighting against people. We should not be fighting against our brothers and sisters. We are admonished to pray for one another, not to fight one another. We don't need to fight, not each other. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I realize that that's a tactic Of the enemy. That's a distraction. That is a a ploy to get us off of what is most important. What is vital. If he can get us fighting amongst one another. Then he's one. Because, you know, then we are of no effect. Our focus isn't on the right thing. We're not doing what we need to do. We're not spending time in prayer, we're spending time,,, why?" And so he's like, "Go on, y'all just keep on doing that." And then he's over here doing his thing, which is not good. So we want to make sure that we love one another, honor one another. And you know what I have found when people and you know how the Bible says to pray for your enemy. That is not always an easy thing. I don't have a whole bunch of enemies, so in fact, hopefully I don't have any enemies. <laughs> not, I mean, like people enemies. But, uh, but I have found when, if I'm having difficulty with someone, if I begin to pray for them, my, they don't change a lick. They are still the same person. But you know who changes? I do. My response to them changes. How I interact with them changes. How I think about them changes. God begins to show me, you know, I love them. They're precious to me. You know, don't judge them. And I'm like, Father, but you see, don't judge them. You know, but it it changes within my heart. So as we pray for one another, as we lift one another up, as we see our brothers and sisters in need and we do our part and take their, their, you know, whatever their thing may be to the Lord and say, Father, I'm praying for them. I'm standing in the gap for them. I believe you're able to fix this, to work in their lives, to uh, help them to become free or whatever it is they need. It makes such a difference. If, and if we are all doing that, do you know the enemy cannot penetrate? The enemy cannot come in and wreak havoc amongst us. I'm telling you, our praying, our praying for one another is important. Our praying for our pastors are important. Um, am I, I? I, you know, praise God. How can I say this, Lord? Um, I'm confident of this, that what God has started in this house, he will finish. What God has started in our pastors, he will finish. What God has started in your lives, he will finish. He is well able to do that. He's well able to take care of whatever I commit to him. He is able to take care of whatever you commit to him. But he is looking for his people to focus on what is most important. Keeping their eyes on him. Keeping their mouths shut. (laughs) Because sometimes, you know, this gets us, not sometimes, this can get us in a lot of trouble. This mouth can get us in a lot of trouble. And, you know, I have learned... Um, to be careful when people do a lot of talking, even my brothers and sisters, if people begin to do a lot of talking and it's, it's not wholesome, it's not uplifting, then I don't want to listen to it. You know why? Because it, it, gets, it gets to me, and I don't want stuff like that to get to me. I want to believe the best of people. I want to know people after the spirit and not after the flesh. And when stuff comes to me, it's the first thing I say, I, no, I don't receive that. Number one, I don't believe that. And if anything else, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's, right now, let's pray. Let's pray so that God can do what God can do. We can pray and let God be God. But me talking about people... Talking about what's going on in people's lives does not change anything. But the moment I cry out to my heavenly father, he begins to work. He begins to make a change. Now, praying for our pastors in the two minutes or so I got left, (laughs) uh, that is a, 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 you know, I could spend weeks talking about praying for our pastors but they need your prayers, okay? Don't ever think that because they are full of the word and because they're people of faith and, and, and they are all of those things, that they do not need your prayers. I want to read something to you real quick. This is, um, again, out of this book, and it's called, um, and I may have read this before, I don't know, it's the preacher's cry, pray for us. So this says here, to what extent does praying for for the preacher help preaching? It helps him personally and officially. It helps him to maintain a righteous life. It helps him in preparing his message. And it helps the word he preaches to run to its appointed goal, goal, unhindered and unhampered. A praying church creates a spiritual atmosphere most favorable to preaching. What preacher who knows anything about the real work of preaching doubts the versatility of this statement? The spirit of prayer in a congregation produces an atmosphere supercharged with the spirit of the highest, removes obstacles, and gives the word of the Lord the right of way. The very attitude of such a congregation constitutes an environment most encouraging and favorable to preaching. It renders preaching an easy task. It enables the word to run quickly and without friction, propelled by the warmth of souls engaged in prayer. And then I'm going to read this part. Um, It says, people in the pew giving to praying for the preacher are like the poles that hold up the wires along which the electricity uh, current runs. They are not the power nor are they the specific agents in making the word of the Lord effective, but they hold up the wires along which the divine power runs to the heart of men. They give liberty to the preacher and keep him from being hampered. They make conditions favorable for the preaching of the gospel. Now, that's just, that's one part. We also need to pray for their safety. We need to pray you know, for their um, their leisure time, that they have a time of rest, that they're refreshed, that they, you know, I pray daily for Pastor David to have wisdom, Pastor Vicki to have wisdom, for our ministerial staff to have wisdom, for our staff to be filled with the wisdom of God. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I plead, you know, I lose the angels of God. I, I pray for protection. Um, you know, I think of even these recent things that they've dealt with. Do you know it could have been so much worse? So I know people are praying. And you might say, but why did it have to happen at all? Because we live in this world because the devil is a bad devil. Because the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So, when you pray for them, I believe that we, um, I was sharing with Minister Taya, I said, you know, I said when, like, the staff has been praying for our pastors, um, for a few weeks now, I guess, like, what, about three weeks, Carol? Yeah, about three weeks. So every day we've been coming together and we've just been standing and praying for them. Um, but it's like I see them in the middle of us. And we're all shoulder to shoulder and unified so that the enemy cannot penetrate. You know, and, and when we as a congregation, when we pray for one another, when we pray for our pastors, our leaders, when we pray for them, there's that unity. There's that, uh, you know, it's like we're linked arm to arm and we don't give the enemy any place Um I remember this movie that I watched. I used to watch a lot of. Still do. I like football. Uh, football movies call it facing the facing the giants, and there was this one scene in there where they um, they all got together and they were like, "We just have to do this one more time to to win, to to you know make to hold the line." And um, I forgot exactly what the term was, but there was something that they said that they crouched together, and they stood together so that the opposing team could not come through. But the reason why they couldn't come through was because the team stood together. They would not let them. They said, no, we're going to do this. And we need to have a spirit of faith that says, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to see our pastors totally... Completely well, Pastor Vicki completely well, just like we've been saying. Pastor David completely well, just like we've been saying. The people of this house well. We need to stand our ground and say, this is what we will have. We are not settling. We are, is, there, this is not, there is no question. This is what we have declared, and this is what we will have. And this is what we do have. But it takes all of us together saying the same thing. Not allowing, not giving the the enemy any place. Standing our ground. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. We have to do this together. We have to come together. Let, as they say, let bygones be bygones. Let differences find something that you can agree on. You know, maybe you don't agree about this or you don't agree about that. Who cares? What are you saved? Is Jesus in your heart? Can you agree on that? Can you agree that it's right to pray? Can you agree that you need to eat every day? You need to get a good night's rest. What can you agree on? See, the enemy will focus on the things that you can agree on and just make those really big. But if you look at the things that you can agree on, you'll find most times you can agree on more things than you disagree on. If you'll just stop and think about it. If you'll just stop and consider it. So, I'm trusting God to help me to pray in a greater measure and to help you to pray in a greater measure and to see the significance and the importance of praying. As I said earlier, God loves us so much and God wants to do things for us, but he needs us to pray. You know, even in your own life, think about it. If you... If you just sit and whine and say about God this, God that, and, you know, Lord, um, you know, just whine and complain, that's not praying. And it doesn't change anything. But if you say, Heavenly Father, now I'm a tither, and I just lost my job, but you have said that you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. You said you would open up the windows of heaven for me. You would pour out a blessing that there's not enough room to receive. You said, if I give, you'll give back to me. Now, that's prayer. And guess who's going to move on that? God Almighty. You know why? Because it's his word. And you're bringing his word to him. So when you pray, um, there's many scriptures, as I said, about, you know, that you can pray for our pastors and um, you know, I, I thought about our, our vision, um, you know, just praying that the will of God is done in this church. Uh, you know, I thought about Nehemiah, and I know we talk about Nehemiah a lot of times when we're uh, doing our rise and build, but, you know, Nehemiah prayed, but he had to stand too. He had lots of adversaries, but you know what? He refused not to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and he accomplished it. You know, you think about uh, Moses and how uh, Aaron and her lifted his arms when they were fighting against uh, the Amalekites. Yeah, those are the ones, those ites. <laughs> but how they lifted his arms because when Moses' arms were lifted, they were winning. But when he got tired and he couldn't uh, keep his arms up, they were beginning to lose. Joshua and those that were fighting were losing But then when Aaron and Hur came over and lifted his arms, they won the battle. When we lift our pastor's arms, they win the battle. And we win the battle too. Because anything that happens for them, God's going to make sure it happens for us. And as we set our hearts to uh, be a support to them, God's going to take care of stuff in our own homes and in our own lives. You can be assured of that. You can be assured of that. God will take care of you, of your family. As you put others first and pray for them and believe God for them, God will take care of you.